Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time and that whenever and wherever you happen to be in this crazy, wild, mixed up matrix we happen to find ourselves in. I hope that you're able to navigate the strange waters of the current ascension symptoms. And what I've noticed in the past several days is that I have not been able to catch a break at all to sleep. Even though I had a lot of downtime, my son and I had a wonderful weekend together we watched Rick and Morty and we watched Modern Family and we spent a lot of time just hanging out and talking and cooking together we had a good time and we even slept long hours and I didn't disturb him when he was sleeping and he didn't disturb me and yet every time I woke up in the past four days I have been absolutely exhausted whether I only got six hours of sleep or 12 and one day I got exactly eight hours on the nose and today I think it was seven hours and then I went back to bed for an extra three hours and I just still it's like I can't catch a break I feel like I need to absolutely sleep I feel like I need to sleep for about 20 hours that's how I feel Like if I could just keep sleeping and sleeping and sleeping and sleeping until my body is so bored that I have to get up because I'm wide awake now, finally. I haven't tried that yet, but I I feel like that's coming. (laughs) Um, I just know it's an ascension symptom though because we were bombarded not only with the normal cosmic radiation and the upper atmosphere is being hit by whatever is causing the noctilucent clouds, even though the noctilucent cloud season's almost over, we still have that going on. And on top of that, we've got uh, the solar winds. And on Saturday, we had a solar flare blast and hit Earth. And it knocked out radios all over the Northern Hemisphere. We had a sea... I believe it was a C2 class flare over the weekend. In addition to the solar wind hitting us on um, Sunday. So we had the, the solar flare hit us on Saturday. 
the solar winds hitting us on Sunday. The solar winds are still bombarding us right now, and they will also bombard us on the 18th and the 19th. So tomorrow and Wednesday as well. So we have not caught a break. So because of all this, it's creating all these ascension symptoms. So, all right, this is what I've noticed besides the not being able to sleep. I have had allergies that have been off the charts for two or three days. Um, over the whole weekend, just really bad allergies. Asthma has gotten worse, even though I'm taking, um, I finally got my vitamins and my, my, my magnesium, which normally makes everything fine. I've been even taking adrenal support, which helps if you have asthma, um, taking things that say adrenal support on them actually really help. So I've been taking homeopathy, things that normally are very, very good, um, but just really bad allergies. My son has been having allergies. Now it could be that we had the wolf dogs in, you know, a couple, four days ago, they, the dogs came to visit you know, maybe the dander's still in the air or something, but I don't think so. I mean, normally it's not this bad, not even around the dogs. So just asthma, allergies, like things are flaring up like uh, arthritis. Just like if I sit too long in one position, I'm just like, I, I'm like hobbling around like an old person, which normally isn't me. I'm usually like, you know, I could, I could get up and race up the stairs, even at 8,400 feet above sea level. I've been able to race up, you know, three flights of stairs, not a problem. Um, you know, now last year it was a problem (laughs) going up one flight of stairs was like, Oh my God. But now we live in a three story townhouse. So we're up and down the stairs like all day long, all the time. So all of a sudden for two or three days, it's like, Oh my God, it's exhausting. I'm exhausted. Like I told my kid, I gotta, I gotta lay down for 10 minutes. He's like, why? I'm like, cause I just came up the stairs and I'm exhausted. Suddenly it's weird. Cause normally I'm not like that. Normally I'm full of life and very energetic. As you could tell <laughs> most of the time that I'm just like, yeah, you know, when my voice, when I'm like a little talking like this, it's because it's very late. And, um, when I was downstairs doing the show, now I'm in my room, but, uh, the neighbors can hear me and we were worried and concerned about that a couple days in a row. They were pounding on the wall when I started to do the show. So I think as a little kid, honestly, kicking the wall with his feet, I don't think that they're actually caring that we're making the noise, but we were kind of worried about that. But what I've noticed, uh, another thing I've noticed, uh, my ears have been, um, every time I yawn, uh, or sneeze or anything, my ears have been making really strange sounds. Like they are clogged. Like, I don't know, like there's like fluid in my ears, in my eustachian tubes. It's a very strange feeling. It's not normal or typical for me, um, feeling like very dreamlike when I wake up, like just very, uh, like it's hard to tell the difference between the dream world and the real world. 
when I first wake up, I think that's another ascension symptom. Having really strong, vivid dreams that are just absolutely feeling super real, feeling um, really strange, but at the same time, like, that's real. Like, that's a reality. Over the weekend, I had a really crazy metaphor dream. I don't normally have metaphor dreams like this. And I had a dream that I had um, an elephant, and he was my pet elephant. But I kept him in a really tiny pen, because that's all I had, which is insane, because I don't even have... I mean, I would never do this in real life, so definitely it's just a metaphor. But I mean, I I had a big yard, but I kept him in a little pen. And I had a swimming pool, which that part of the dream was cool. But he was, every time I went next to him and I'd pet him and love him and every day I spent hours with him, but I kept him in the pen, which is dumb. But he started hitting me with his trunk. (coughs) I mean, understandably so, right? I'm keeping him in this little thing. And he kept hitting me in the stomach over and over and over again. And I mean, I woke up, you know, almost half expecting that I was really being hit in the stomach with by an elephant. It was hurtful, physically hurtful. And I figured out that the metaphor was that my elephant was a representation of my body (laughs) feeling big and bloated lately, which is another ascension symptom that's been happening. And also wanting to get out of its pen and go out. He wanted to go out and and, um, exercise. And I think my body's been really wanting to get out in the sunshine and go exercise. So that's also um, that kind of like jonesing for going outside because of the quarantine. We uh, had all of our lockdown was erased for about three or four days. And all of a sudden the president said, you know what, I'm, I'm feeling nervous about this. I feel a little bit worried. I don't want anyone to die um, because of me not doing this. So, boom, quarantine 30 days more. We were not even out of quarantine for a week. And now we're back. Seven months we've been in quarantine. Seven months. I mean... We're going on seven months. I I can't even believe it. I mean, it's... By the time this, this 30 days is over, it will have been seven months. So, yeah. Um, I think that jonesing to get out and just do stuff, that has been in my dreams a lot. Just being fed up, being inside. You know, um... I've been opening up my windows and and putting my face in the sun. And the sun has been absolutely so hot and so bright. It blinds my eyes when I get in the bathroom in the morning. I have a skylight and the sun wasn't even directly coming in. And it was just absolutely like I could barely keep my eyes open. It was so bright. And when I did put my face in the sun directly... And I kept my eyes closed and it's just, it felt like the sun was blinding my eyes through my eyelids. And I felt like I got freckles instantly. I mean, the UV light has been very, very strong here. So instead of my typical 10 minutes in the sun or three minutes in the sun, I mean, 30 seconds, I'm done. (laughs) I'm like, 
oh, I got my vitamin D for the week in 30 whole seconds. Like, wow. So um, we've been bombarded by so much radiation and the magnetosphere is so thin that it's really all affecting us so much. Um, trying to think what other ascension symptoms I've had. Um, lots of pain, lots of pain in my spine and in my neck and even dreaming about how much pain I've been in. And then I wake up and it's like, oh my God, it's so bad. And then I think I took, there was like one day where there was a break where I wasn't bloated. I wasn't in pain. Everything was normal. And then it started up again like that night. It was just for a few hours. So in the past week, it's been very rough. It's been um, a little emotional, but not terrible. You know, it's been manageable. But um, the nostalgia thing isn't as strong as it has been in the past, and yet it's a little bit more present. Um, You might be remembering childhood things that you haven't thought about since since it happened. You know, since that day, you know, (laughs) Billy snatched my ice cream away. Oh my God, I haven't thought about that in 30 years or whatever. That's, I just made that up because I don't know anyone named Billy, but (laughs) except my aunt Billy and she would never have taken my ice cream. She would be the one buying it for me. But, um, just a lot of, uh, but like nostalgia, childhood memories, memories of things that, um, you haven't thought of in years all of a sudden will pop in your head and at the same time you can't remember yesterday short-term memory loss has been absolutely through the roof and I haven't smoked in a long time or like weed I have not had in very very long time so you know I have no reason to have no short-term memory loss and I've been taking ginkgo biloba 240 milligrams every day for about uh, four or five days now. And it just seems like my memory got worse. And it's like, no, this has got to be an ascension symptom because I know I'm not losing my mind, but I just feel mentally drained and exhausted, just mentally incapable and incompetent at times. And then other times I'm totally fine. I've had my vision... um, be so blurry I can't see the words on a page and an hour later I could read it completely clear like there was never a problem so a lot of the blurry vision uh, thing a lot of um, uh, hearing too tinnitus a little bit but it's always at different pitches like one ear will be at one pitch and the other ear might be at a different pitch So that's been very odd. And when I yawn or anything, I hear like a, um, I don't know how to describe it. Maybe it's the sound of, uh, like if you stretch out a rubber band and you pluck it, or, um, if you have a guitar and you've ever plucked the string on the other side of the bridge, there's like, you know, like the hole in the guitar and then the opposite side of the neck, like the ba- the bottom part of the guitar, when it's standing upright, and then there's a bridge, and then the strings, and then the strings are attached at the very end there, at that blunt, flat part. 
if you ever plucked the strings in the middle of that, that's the sound that's inside my, my left ear lately. It's been absolutely crazy. And I've been, um, still telepathing with my twin flame. That's still happening. You know, um, we're just having like normal conversations. He has been very visual lately as far as seeing my world. So when I was cleaning up my countertop, he was like, wow, um, you're really working hard. He's like, I've been watching you all day. You've been working hard. And I see you're just like scrubbing the hell out of your counter right now. I'm like, and then I said, well, look at the rest of my counter. And I turned and it's like, my eyes are like the camera for him and he could see. And he's like, wow, you got a lot of groceries today. And it's like, yeah, I've been working my ass off today. I mean, literally you guys, it's, I'm looking at the clock. Clock. Okay, it's 12.53 a.m. And I have been up since 10.30 in the morning just going nonstop all day long with my, with my, just everything. I've been absolutely going nonstop. I have a reading to do that I haven't gotten to yet. Wendell, if you're listening, I am still thinking about you and I'm getting ready to do it. I just, it's like today was literally like what's that 14 hours 14 hours I had maybe 30 minutes of downtime today just from the moment I woke up I had I had to start hit the ground running you know um my son got ready and he dressed like an astronaut in his silver uh outfit and he wore his gas mask and rubber gloves and taped up the everything he wants to be prepared for like, if there was ever like a nuclear war, nuclear fallout, like he's got it down. So he had to go pay the rent today. We had decided that he doesn't want me to go outside. He wants to be the one. And so like every other month we, you know, we've decided, you know, so like next month will be my turn to go out. And then in October will be his turn to go out and go, go to the bank. And we literally hardly, hardly ever use that, leave the house. You know, this past week, um, my son wanted to get walkie talkies. And so I'm like, sure. Okay. You know what? I know he was jonesing. He needs to go out of the house. So I gave him some money. He went down to this really cool store. He knows these guys that he got to be friends with before COVID started. And, and he got these walkie talkies are really cool. And they can, um, if on flat, straight ground, you can hear the other person for 20 miles. They're really excellent walkie-talkies. But he wanted to test the theory. And he went like maybe six or eight blocks away. And we were able to talk to each other. But because of the trees blocking the signal, um, it was hit and miss. <laughs> so we're like, okay, we see how it is. All right. All right. Because I thought, what, how cool would it be if he could go downtown and, you know, he's, you know, 10 or 15 miles from me and he could, like, walkie-talkie. Oh, Mama, I want to know. I'm here at the store. Which size of this did you want? You know what I mean? So we were thinking that how practical and how fun that would be. So he did actually go last week. He left the house. And then on another day, he went over to the store to buy something because he was just he's like going crazy you know we're going crazy being stuck inside all the time 
You know, it's a little bit more tolerant for me because I'm an introvert. I'm used to that staying home anyway. My whole life when I was a kid, I was always, my parents always told me to stay in because I had asthma. So I'm kind of used to it. My son's not though. I mean, he's, I mean, as soon as he could walk, he was out the door, you know, <laughs> even like as a two year old, he was just like, I want to go outside now. Bye. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, he's always been very active and wanting to be outside and, and that jonesing energy. And I feel like maybe that's why we're having a lot of vivid dreams. You know, if you're having vivid dreams where you feel like you just want to go outside, you want to go on trips, you know, maybe you're dreaming that you're very wealthy and you're flying all over the world. <laughs> you know, it's like that wishful thinking because we all just want to get the hell outside. Let's just go enjoy life. And I want to go see rock concerts again. And um, I just want to travel again. You know, even if I could take a bus to Wallaceo, which is over here in the jungle, it's like literally a 45 minute ride to the jungle. You know, I'm up in the mountains where it's cold and it's not jungle at all. Although we do have some parrots that live here, but I want to go to the jungle and see the monkeys and they're just right over there. You know, they're so close. I mean, there are some monkeys living probably two miles from me right now in the zoo, but that's a different story. But a lot of the ascension symptoms are similar to what has been happening, but they're a little bit more intense. If you had just a generalized anxiety before, you might have absolute abject fear. That's something that some people have been experiencing. It's time to let it go and embrace the cosmos and knowing that the universe does have your back and you are going to be okay and everything is going to work out because it always has before, you know, but that abject fear, that panic energy that's been coming around. And I don't know about you guys too, but it's not really an ascension symptom, but the idea that everything is asked backwards from how I always knew it to be. You know, everything is just, you know, nothing is what I always thought it was to be. Or like, I don't even know how to say this. It's not coming out right at all. Um, just the way that I thought things were. And I'm going to give you a dumb example because I never believed this, but how like my, my parents always believed that the government cared about us by the people for the people of the people, you know, we are the people. So obviously the government cares about us. Right. But, and then to find out that they don't, you know, and that's not me. That's like a thing that my parents learned, you know, and like my friend, um, who was riding me there for a while, um, Hector, he told me like his dad started to believe that the government maybe doesn't have our best interests at my, at, at heart. So like the older generations that are a lot older than me that always believed and trusted in the government are suddenly like realizing they can't, for example. And that's like a thing where everything seems ass backwards and everything that I always thought was very sweet in male, like, like being in relationship with men, right? Males, 
you know, all the things that I grew up thinking, how sweet, you know, like, you know, being treated the way that I've been treated by, well, the good men in my life, you know, when they called me baby, hey, baby, I always loved that. I thought that was cool. I mean, there's like stuff like that to find out that now, I mean, there's like such a backlash towards something like that. That's so seemingly innocent and sweet that I always grew up thinking that was okay, you know, whatever. And now to find out, well, they're diminishing you into a teeny tiny little infant and they're not respecting you and that's not right. And that's so screwed up. And you know, like that kind of idea and the idea that you probably shouldn't just go pet a cat or a dog without asking, you know, why would you touch? Did you want to be touched without permission? You know, without someone getting permission to touch you, maybe you shouldn't do that for an animal, for example, like just all this stuff that's just so ass backwards. Like I always thought it was nice. I was trained or taught. It was nice to go up and pet a kitty cat or go up and pet a dog. You know, when I was little, that's what I was taught. Like, it's okay to, oh, how cute. She loves that animal. Oh, how sweet. And now it's like, well, that's really effed up. Why are you touching that dog without asking the dog if it's okay with the dog? You know, or like when you talk about um, an animal or a, an, a kid and I, it's just it's just a thing. Like when you talk, you know, you say, well, he or she, and well, you don't know how they identify. You could say, you should say they. It's like, they're four, they're a toddler. Like what the hell? Or, you know, it's, it's, it's a dog. It's, it's, it's a girl dog. It's, it's a she. Well, you don't know what her identity is. It's like these kind of weird arguments. Everything seems so ass backwards. And I don't know if this suddenly means that we're becoming woke or that we're just nitpicking the shit out of every little thing. It's one or the other. <laughs> Possibly a little of both. I don't know. It's just, it just seems to me like everything that I always thought was okay in the world is just ass backwards because now it's not okay. Not okay to eat eggs from chickens because you're, you know, forcing them into slavery. I mean, these are the kind of asinine things that I've been told recently by a lot of different people or, or that it's just coming up on Instagram feeds or on YouTube or wherever, or people are just saying these things. And it's like, what? <laughs> what? Like, oh, you drink milk. That's so fucked up because you know, that cow didn't give permission to you. And it's like, oh my God, like, <sighs> it's like, I just can't effing eat or do anything anymore without it offending a millennial somewhere in the world and <laughs> and maybe it is screwed up but what do we eat you can't eat carrots you're ruining the whole plant you know what I mean like wait for the apple to fall off the tree ask permission for the apple tree to drop an apple when it's damn good and ready to feed you <laughs> I mean I feel like the whole world is going crazy in a world where Tom Hanks is a pedophile. You guys, that's what I heard the other day. I heard last week. I mentioned it last week. And I just feel like, I, I don't know if it's true. You know, and then the insinuation that, that Oprah is, I don't think that's true at all. I don't believe it. <laughs> it's possible, sure, I guess. 
Maybe that's why she never married. I don't know. I don't believe it. I really just don't believe it. Honestly, I don't believe it for a second. But it's just, it seems to me like everything that I believed in might just be not a solid floor to stand on, but rather a very slippery quicksand. Um, you know, when Cosby, that whole story came out, that was just like, <sighs> there goes a big fucking chunk of my childhood gone, right? <laughs> uh, well, there's a hero I don't need to think about anymore. He's gone. Screw him. <laughs> oh. But I've been like, thinking about all this stuff, like, the world is just freaking ass backwards. You know, like, vaccinations were always supposed to help us never get sick again. And now everybody's terrified that we're going to be implanted with a chip or an RFID or a nanotechnology type of chip in the vaccination. So there's all this information going around going, well, this is what you need to do to say, don't ever refuse the vaccination because that makes you a belligerent person. You have to ask, there's like two specific things and I will try to read the thing to you tomorrow. Um, I don't have it queued up on my tablet right now, but you know, now we can't trust the vaccinations. Um, you know, the U USA used to be a land of freedom, even though it never really was. It was more a land of freedom than it is now. And the whole wide world is not a land of freedom. You know, we're all in quarantine. We'll have to be stuck at home. Everything that we believed is suddenly being challenged. Every effing thing that we believe, grew up believing, grew up thinking, all the things we felt were solid, like, yes. Now it's like, um... Yeah, this is, it's too crazy. It's just too crazy. Like, it's not what we thought it was. You know, it's over and over and over again. Things in my world around me, things that I pay attention to or conversations I have with people or things that I observe when I just sit back and I watch other people. I could just see it's like constant with the people like just going, well, I always thought it was this way. Now I think it's not at all true. And I don't know if we're just being super paranoid because we're home with a lot of time on our hands that we didn't have before. <laughs> you know, we all smoking weed. Now we're getting really paranoid. Is it something in the water or is it absolutely true? that nothing is as it seems. Nothing is as what it used to seem like. So these kinds of paranoid thoughts, I see it in a lot of different people um, posting on Instagram and, and even in YouTube. Just like people just don't um, see things the way that they ought to or that they used to. And now they're seeing things in a completely different light. Like for example, when they opened up the country and there was a big um, announcement. My um, uh, Sweet Adela group, all the people here in this gated community, they just were like, hey, guess what? You know, one person says, well, we can, you know, quarantine's over. Yay. 
we could go to the park again. We don't have to wear masks anymore. We're going to be fine. Everything's wonderful. And this one person wrote, um, she said more, more people are going to be infected. Of course, it's all in Spanish, but she's like, but now more people will be infected. And then she did the emoji with the tears crying down the face. And it's like, there's only been 93 people dead in my whole city. Half a million people and only 93 people have died. It's not, the numbers aren't very high here, but people are terrified about this disease still here. And I just saw that that, like that reaction of like, she doesn't want to leave the house. She's scared because she just feels like it's a lie. Whereas before we would have believed the government now no one believes anything. You know, even on like the basic stuff that should be very trustworthy, the mail, oh my God, the mail being delivered constantly every day through rain or no, you know, rain or sleet or hail or snow, (laughs) you know, will keep you from getting your mail or, you know, or I don't know. I don't remember the rhyme, (laughs) but it's just like now the freaking post office is purposely being, um, slowed down so that the mail-in ballots will not be counted so that Trump can cheat in the election. And he hired the guy to do it and they admitted they're doing it and everyone says he's doing it and the fucker's not in jail yet. Why? <laughs> it's like everything in the United States, like when the mail service breaks down, I feel like everything in my country is breaking down. I always felt like that country was solid and strong and everything was always going to be okay. And now I feel like nothing is going to be okay. And I'm really, really scared. And I hope that my oldest child um, decides to come home to Ecuador soon and makes this her new home. That's I'm just hoping that she realizes it's probably time to leave the U.S. for good. 300 Pizza Huts just shut down this week. 300 Pizza Huts. Oh my God. I was missing Pizza Hut a few days ago. I was missing Pringles and I just, I bought Pringles for my son and I. And we hardly ever ate Pringles. I mean, once every year. (laughs) I mean, they're expensive. For just a can of Pringles, they're almost $4. You know, because they're imported. $3.68, I think, is what I was paying. It's like ridiculous. It's a ridiculous amount of money for chips that are half wheat. Did you guys know that? Pringles are half potato, half wheat. Everyone thinks they're potato chips, but they're like potato and wheat chips. It's And then God knows what else chemicals that are living through chemistry, I suppose. But, um, you know, when I was a kid, I said, hey, dad, I, I want a chemistry set for, for, for Christmas. And he hands me a can of Pringles. He's like... These are plenty chemicals enough. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He never said that. <laughs> I, I don't know. So this is kind of the constant ideas that everything we've done, everything we say, everything we thought, everything we, you know, thought was sweet and cute and wonderful and amazing and solid and strong is completely the opposite now. It's ridiculous. The world has gotten very ridiculous. My, um, when my twin flame comes into my life, 
I'm not going to freak out if he calls me baby. I'm going to love that. I'm hoping he'll be every bit as old-fashioned as I am and not consider that an insult and be angry. And It's like, I don't understand, you know, the millennials being insulted and angry about everything, but... But I get with it, but I get their point. I see their point, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I'm choosing to be okay with how people used to be, you know, 80 years ago, you know, um, because that's who people were 80 years ago, you know. Like, my son and I were watching, well, I was watching it. My son was kind of listening to it, um, a, a episode of Riverdale today um you know the archies and they're re they're reimagining it and it's dark and and they reimagine sabrina and it's dark they're now reimagining the fresh prince of bel-air and it's dramatic drama it's a heavy drama versus you know which is it's kind of a sad thing where he's gaining trouble in philadelphia and he's moving to la to to get away from you know the gangs because his mom was scared for him I could see where that could be a drama. But, I mean, Will Smith made it amazing. It was an amazing show. And, you know, Trevor Noah was saying, there was plenty of drama on the original show. Carlton had a pregnancy scare with his girlfriend. <laughs> it's true. You know, I mean, there is plenty thing. I mean, Will almost got married so he could have sex with his girl. <laughs> And he learned how wrong he was, as all the wrong, how wrong that was, and you know. And then that was like a dramatic moment in the show. I mean, there was a lot of crazy stuff in that show. Like you know, the the drama. There was some drama. There is a hilarious show, but now they're reimagining it as a drama. Everything is being reimagined as darker. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. It's weird. It's so strange. But, um, yeah, I was watching Riverdale with my son and, and, and there's like a dramatization of like, you know, the kids were acting as their own parents while one of the parents is telling Betty a story You know, Betty's mom is telling her a story. So Betty's imagining this, but she's imagining all of her friends as their parents you know, in the past, if that makes sense. So, so Betty, the the character, Betty is the same actress as playing Betty's mom, you know, in the past. So she's trying to imagine what this would have looked like, right? The world. And they made a pact and they all spit on their hands and did a spit pack, spit pact, where they spit in their hands and they all put their hands together in, in a group. And my son's like, that is so disgusting. Oh my God. Why are they even showing that? You know, like, and this is like, this is like filmed before, um, Luke Perry died. So, I mean, this was literally filmed like a couple years ago, way before COVID-19. But he's like, but he's like, that's disgusting. That's so wrong. Why are they even showing that? Like, where are these people from? What, you know, I'm like, yeah, but you have to understand that. You know, their parents lived through the 80s and, but they're in a really old, old, old town and they got these ideas of like spitting on their hands and shaking on it from their parents in the 1950s and their grandparents. 
you know, they live in a small town where all the traditions are kept. You know, they haven't yet shown a blood brother or blood sister situation, but that wouldn't happen today because of AIDS. Like nobody wants to cut themselves open and, and, and put blood in, into blood. Like, you know, when I was a kid, that was a thing. (laughs) Blood brothers, blood sisters, you know, like everyone wanted to do that. You know, we're all afraid to cut our hands open with a knife, but you know, we, we, you know, a couple people are like, I'll do it with a needle, you know, like really scared. And my friend had a, it's so disgusting. She had like, um, she was brave enough and she cut her, her, um, her thumb open with a needle and my, and my gum was bleeding. <laughs> and so she put her, her blood on my, on my bleeding gum. And I'm like, Oh, we're blood sisters for life. You know, we were like eight years old. That was a thing. That was actually a thing. And my son's like, that's so fucked up. <laughs> He's like, what's wrong with people? Like, I didn't tell him about that. He's like, what's so wrong with people? I'm like, it's just the way it was. Like, things used to be so more, it, but it was coming from a place of innocence. It's not like everyone said, ew, and all the germs and the microbes and all the diseases that can come of that. No one thought about that crap back then. So I don't know. It just seems like the whole world has gone topsy-turvy in so many different ways, you know, um, but I like how when, when something comes out, like the, um, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard situation, and and God bless Johnny Depp, but, you know, he comes into the world knowing he's going to be famous, I mean, when he was little, he didn't know that, but before his spirit knew he was going to be famous and he had to go through all this stuff. And, you know, here he is as an example of someone who has been uh, abused and battered like his whole life for various situations. And he's always, he's risen to the top, literally, you know, one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood. And, and then all this stuff where, and then like literally suffering in silence for a couple years, allowing people to believe he was an abuser, just not, just trying not to expose it, the whole thing. So he's very private, trying to be as private as possible while still being famous. And I've been just watching this and the whole three week trial, they just ended it. The judge has not made a decision yet. And all of a sudden there's all these videos coming out about her laughing at abusing him, that she was the abuser, and all of these things against his ex-wife, Amber Heard, just absolutely is coming out now. Finally, the truth is coming out. And it didn't take that long. I mean, like Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby, they were raping people for like 30 years, and and it finally came out, 40 years, and it finally came out. And here with the Johnny Depp situation, you know, again, you have a case of famous people um, going through hard things, you know, and then like you think it's one way and then you find out it's another way and then you find out the truth of it for real, you know, like things are flip-flopping constantly, but it's only been like two years or something since all these stories came out and now we know the truth, that Johnny was abused and he was too much of a gentleman in the beginning to say anything. But then it started costing him jobs and it's costing him money. 
and it's costing him his reputation that he did not deserve. So I see how these things are happening in the world. And that's just one example, you know, and all of a sudden things are coming out and being brought to light so much more fast and so much more rapid than ever before. You know, in ways that I never, like, I never thought the world would be like this. I don't know how to explain it, but I see how things are changing so fast. And I also just heard a bunch of noise in my room. Holy shit. Did you guys hear that? I don't even know if there are squirrels in Ecuador, but that just sounded like squirrels, didn't it? That scared the crap out of me. Did you hear that? I hope you guys heard that. I hope I got that. <laughs> oh, the other day I heard something. Two days ago I heard something land on the roof, and it, it, it just like it sounded like a person landing on the roof, and it was so such a strong sound of someone jumping or landing on the roof. I'm three flights up. Like what the hell? What the hell was that? And that did not sound like a bird claw. That sounded like something furry or alien-y, alien-y. <laughs> Holy crap. Okay, well, looking at my arms so that, you know, if I do get a scab mark from being abducted, I'll let you guys know tomorrow. <laughs> looking around, nothing on my arms now. Everything's good. No blood right now. <sighs> I did have a scab in my ear over the weekend that came up out of nowhere. So I might have been abducted over the weekend. I don't know. That might that would explain why I'm so freaking tired. I don't know. I just I don't know if the world has seemed like this to you or if it just seems same old, same old, totally normal. I don't know. It's just And maybe it's meant that we are supposed to be absolutely disappointed as fuck in our world so that we don't want to be here anymore and we want to rise up and ascend, 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 go up in vibration and everything becomes better. And that when you detach from the world, as the Buddhists say, you know, basically I'm fully paraphrasing because I don't know their texts or whatever. Not the Buddhist text. <laughs> oh, double entendre. Anyway, um, you know, they, they talk about non-attachment. You know, sure, you can have things, just don't be attached to them. Sure, you can have money, just don't be attached to it. Be humble, stay humble. You know, and that's what I've tried to do um, in my life. And, you know, just, I don't know, it's just... Um, The more things happen to me in the the outer world, the more I turn inward and turn towards um, the divine and work on myself spiritually, you know, Um, the more humble I get, you know, the more great things happen to me in my world, the more humble I get inside, which is good. And it helps me bring, bring me closer to um, that divine energy and that essence of my soul. But yeah, that thing is freaking me out. What the? 
I feel like there's an animal, some kind of an animal living on top of the roof here. <laughs> I, w- I mean, I would need like a 21-foot ladder or something. Maybe even a 30-foot ladder. I don't even know how tall it is. These are really tall ceilings, though. On In every level, this is like a three-story house, but... I mean, it's like 13 or 14 stairs between every um, floor, which normally I don't think it's that many. Yeah, I just heard something else in my room. I heard something like in the other side of my room and now this right above my head right when I said that. I'm like, it's freaking me out. All right, um, let's just go to spaceweather.com. And if I think of any other symptoms... Yeah, the fear, the absolute fear thing. That's something people have had a problem with lately. So just make sure you keep that in check. By the way, there's going to be a black moon on the 19th, which is Wednesday. And a black moon is when there are four new moons in a season when there's normally three. But also, to confuse the issue, according to Forbes, there's another thing that's a black moon when there's two new moons in one month. The second one is called the black moon. Versus when there's two full moons, the second full moon in one month is a blue moon. Both things are rare. So I wanted to bring that up and mention it before uh, Wednesday so that you can prepare if you're one of the magical folk if you're a muggle don't worry about it (laughs) but if you're a magical folk you want to be aware that the full moon is Wednesday prepare accordingly um, in case you want to have a ceremony or light a candle for something remember that we're still in the waning from the full moon to the to the new moon we're still if you want to do some ritual between now and Wednesday to diminish something in your life and then starting on Wednesday whatever you want to increase in your life so you want to diminish your weight you want to uh, diminish your debt um, you know those kinds of things but then starting the full moon or the new moon which is Wednesday you want to increase your money you want to increase love in your life increase friendships in your life you know, um, increase your career opportunities, you know, that will start on Wednesday. So for magical folks, it is a black moon. So a little bit more special than normal. Okay. Um, let's see here. Boy, I have have a lot of tabs open. Okay. It took me a minute. Spaceweather.com. I want to give you, here we go. There, did you guys hear it? Oh, it's so creepy. Uh, oh, you know, I'm like really creeped out. I think it's a rat. Holy shit. I think it's a rat. Oh my God. <laughs> now I'm really freaked out. Now I'm effectively really freaked out. And it's like right above my head. I'm probably going to have to move my bed to another part of the room. Because that was just too freaking much. It's on the other side. It's like on the roof. It can't get in. But it's like creepy that it's there at all. All right. Um. All right, solar wind speed right now is 327.1 kilometers per second. We have zero sunspots, finally. And it's been three whole days. Oh, my God. (laughs) Can you believe it? 
the sun's like belching out all kinds of you know solar flares solar winds and and like a c2 cme and now all of a sudden oh did i do that <laughs> and it's just like oh no we don't have any sunspots over here stop looking at me no <laughs> but check this out this one's really creepy um a CME is coming, guys. Another one. Oh, my God. High latitude sky watchers should be on alert for aurora borealises. Yay. We do love those. On August 20th, when a CME, or coronal mass ejection, is expected to graze Earth's magnetic field, launched into space on August 16th by a slow motion solar flare. Wow. Never heard of that before. The CME is not heading directly for, for Earth, but nevertheless, the models from NOAA of the CME suggest that a glancing blow is likely. So the storm levels could reach category G1. I don't know. Is that good? Is that bad? Is it strong? Is it weak? I don't know. So check it. And then down here it says a slow motion solar flare. You know an explosion is powerful when it lasts for two hours. Holy crap. A B1 class solar flare took even longer to unfold. It was a two and a half hour blast that sent a powerful shock wave rippling through the sun's atmosphere. And they have a time lapse movie from NASA's Solar Dynamics Observatory here on spaceweather.com if you want to check that out. It's really intense. So they said this time no sunspot was involved. Wait, what? No sunspot. I thought that's the only way you could get a sun a solar flare. The explosion occurred in a spotless region of the sun's southern hemisphere and a magnetic filament snapped and it hurled debris far and wide. Some of that debris formed the core of a coronal mass ejection, which has escaped the sun and now is billowing into our solar system. And they have chronographs on board the Solar and Heliospheric Observatory, um, also known as SOHO, and they're tracking the CME right now. So if you want to go check that out, it's right there. They say that the storm clouds are not heading directly for Earth, but the suggestion is it could deliver a glancing blow to the magnetic field of Earth on the 20th. So great. We got something going on every day until the 20th. There's, you know, since like last week. So uh, minor geomagnetic magnetic storms and high latitude auroras are possible when the CME arrives. So that'll be on Thursday if you want to watch those, those, um, Aurora Borealis cameras they've got going in Alaska and Canada. I think they're pretty cool. And you could watch them even in real time. So that's pretty crazy, right? And of course, again, it says uh, solar wind flowing from the southern coronal hole will brush Earth's magnetic field on August 18th through the 19th. So there's that. The noctilucent clouds are definitely waning. I'm looking at a picture of them right now. Um, hopefully you were able to see them if they're in your neck of the woods, as they say. 
according to the All Sky uh, All Sky Fireball Network and NASA's All Sky Cameras, over the United States there were 26 fireballs. 18 were sporadic, seven were Perseids, one was a Kappa Cygnid. So that was 26 fireballs. That's on. They're saying August 17th. So that is today, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So this is very weird because normally we have a lot of stuff to report as far as the um, Schumann resonance is concerned. But guess what, guys? No, we don't. It's It was seven in Italy below Earth's normal average. And there's nothing to report on HeartMath Institute because they just don't have any data, meaning what all this all of the machines were shut down by this solar flare I don't know pretty crazy though so let's just go to A Course in Miracles and here we go we're on lesson 357 and this is what it is by the way this is the Foundation for Inner Peace website acim.org A Course in Miracles so you could get the app as well for free on your Play Store so lesson 357 is this Truth answers every call we make to God, responding first with miracles and then returning unto us to be itself. Truth answers every call we make to God, responding first with miracles and then returning unto us to be itself. So forgiveness, truth's reflection, tells me how to offer miracles and thus escape the prison house in which I think I live. Your Holy Son is pointed out to me, first in my brother, then in me. Your voice instructs me patiently to hear your word and give as I receive. And as I look upon your Son today, I hear your voice instructing me to find the way to you as you appointed that the way shall be. Behold his sinlessness and be you healed. Truth answers every call we make to God, responding first with miracles and then returning unto us to be itself. Again, that's lesson 357. All right, guys, um, and speaking of 57, we're at 57 minutes into the introduction. Mm. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, I'm going to read another installment of The Kaiba Lion by Three Initiates. We will, we will see what happens when I read it this week. Last week, I left my body and went into a portal and met the Ascended Masters that wrote this thing while I was reading it to you. I mean, I don't even know. I, I didn't even listen to the whole episode, so... <laughs> I don't know if I fell asleep. I don't know if I was snoring while I was trying to read it to you. I don't know. We'll see what happens this week. <laughs> All right. Uh, take a listen to these quick little messages and I'll be right back right after this.
Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you. guys, The Kaibalion is a very esoteric book. Um, it's very metaphysical, even though in the book they say this is not metaphysics, which I don't know why they say that, but um, it was written by three initiates. They don't want their real names to be known. It was published by the Yogi Publication Society, I think is the name of it. And it was published in, I think, Chicago first and then later New York. But uh, the version I'm reading is from Gutenberg.org. And it is um, copyrighted at having been published, I guess, in 1912. But I don't know if that was the first or the second one that is mentioned. So we're just going to go with 1912. That's what I've been saying now. Today is the fourth part. It's part four. I've already done this for three weeks, this book. So we will see uh, where it takes us. Now, I did leave a portal. I, I mean, I, I went, I left through a portal when I read this last week. I mean, I can't even explain exactly what happened other than I was suddenly, the first time I read this book, the same thing happened to me, but 20 years ago, by the way. I wonder if you guys aren't going through a portal. (laughs) Or if you're like listening to me and then you go to bed and and as you're asleep, you like go up there and talk to the masters too. I mean, it's some wild stuff, man. This book is freaking wild. So we'll see where we go today. (laughs) My apologies if I just like fall asleep. It's because I'm up there talking to them, the, the, the masters of light who wrote this book. Ooh, and I feel like they're they're like with me as I'm reading the book. By the way, masters do this. When you read a master's words, they're right there with you. And now I'm burning up. I was cold when I sat down, and now my now I'm like starting to feel hot again. Oh my goodness, yeah. Hopefully I'll get some spontaneous healing of this arthritis feeling. Ugh. I mean, maybe it's going to rain in a couple days, and maybe I'm feeling the barometric pressure, but man. (sighs) Woo. All right. I'm like, really, I'm starting to feel hot. Like, I want to put some shorts on or something. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's like cold. It's like 2 in the morning. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, here we go. We are on chapter 5, 6, 7. So chapter 7, it's V-I-I. So I'm assuming that's 7, unless Roman numerals have changed too. <laughs> Everything has changed in this world so rapidly. It just... I Okay, before I get into it, like, Tom Hanks is moving to Greece. He's been accused of pedophilia. I mean, not officially, not in a legal sense, but somebody came out and said he was a pedophile and that he had proof 
and then he, I guess, proved it, but then that guy ended up dead. <laughs> and now, um, and some, some guy on some other YouTube channel is saying that he's moving to Greece. And I'm like, if you were being accused of being a pedophile, why would you move to a place where in the ancient culture of where you're moving to is known for its pedophilia? It was part of the culture. In fact, the lowest form of relationship you could have in those days in Greece was to be a man and a woman together because the men together, they thought that was a superior relationship and, and with little boys, it's sick. It's not okay. But if you're accused of being a pedophile, why would you move to a country that has that in its history? (laughs) Well, I guess it's maybe something in common. Okay, I'm over that. But I just had to get that off my chest. Okay, now I'm moving along. Okay, Kaiba Lion. Let's get into the high vibration of this book. It really bothers me. I really hope that that's a really bad rumor. I just hope that it's completely false. But... It bothers me because I loved all of his movies and now I just can't, if it's true, I can't watch his movies anymore. That's all I'm saying. All right. Chapter seven, the all in all. While all is in the all, it is equally true that the all is in all. To him who truly understands this truth hath come great knowledge, the Kaiba Lion. Okay, this is going to be a head-scratcher. I'm going to have to think about this one for a while. I'm going to read that again because it's just, it's so crazy. While, While all is in the all. Okay, yeah, I get that now. Basically, everything is in God. You know, like God contains everything. While all is in the all, it is equally true that the all is in all. Oh. All right. And also God is in you. (laughs) You are everything and everything is you. Do you guys remember that song? I mean, not that I'm singing it on tune or anything, but, um, or in tune, but, uh, yeah, okay, I'm getting insights. Are you guys already gaining insights? So, to him who truly understands this truth hath come great knowledge, the Kaiba Lion. Okay. All right. Yeah, now that, that is a kind of a crazy paradox. It's true. All right. How often have the majority of people heard repeated the statement that their deity, called by many names, was all in all, and how little have they suspected the inner occult truth concealed by these carelessly uttered words. The commonly used expression is a survival of the ancient hermetic maxim quoted above. As the Kaiba Lion says, to him who truly understands this truth hath come great knowledge. 
And this being so, let us seek this truth, the understanding of which means so much. In this statement of truth, this hermetic maxim is concealed, one of the greatest philosophical, scientific, and religious truths. We have given you the hermetic teaching regarding the mental nature of the universe. The truth that the universe is mental, held in the mind of the all. As the Kaibalion says in the passage quoted above, all is in the all. But note also the co-related statement that it is equally true that the all is in all. This apparently contradictory statement is reconcilable under the law of paradox. It is moreover an exact hermetic statement of the relations existing between the all and its mental universe. We have seen how all is in the all. Let us now examine the other aspect of the subject. The hermetic teachings are to the effect that the all is immanent in, remaining within, inherent, abiding within its universe. And in every part, particle, unit, or combination within the universe. The statement is usually illustrated by the teachers by a reference to the principle of correspondence. The teacher instructs the student to form a mental image of something, a person, an idea, something having a mental form. The favorite example being that of the author or dramatist forming an idea of his characters, or a painter or sculptor forming an image of an ideal that he wishes to express by his art. In each case, the student will find that while the image has its existence and being solely within his own mind, yet he, the student, author, dramatist, painter, or sculptor, is, in a sense, immanent in remaining within or abiding within. The mental image also in other words, the entire virtue, life, spirit of reality in the mental image is derived from the immanent mind of the thinker. Consider this for a moment until the idea is grasped. Now, in the beginning they said imminent, I-M-M-I-N-E-N-T, and now they're saying immanent. I-M-M-A-N-E-N-T. So you might want to look these up for further uh, research and study. Okay. To take a modern example, let us say that Othello, Iago, Hamlet, Lear, Richard III existed merely in the mind of Shakespeare at the time of their conception or creation. And yet, 
Shakespeare also existed within each of these characters, giving them their vitality, spirit, and action. Whose is the spirit of the characters that we know as Micawber, Oliver Twist, Uriah Heep? Is it Dickens? Or have each of these characters a personal spirit independent of their creator? Have the Venus of Medici, the Sistine Madonna, the Apollo Belvedere, spirits and reality of their own or do they represent the spiritual and mental power of their creators the law of paradox explains that both propositions are true viewed from the proper viewpoints macabre is both macabre and yet dickens and again while macabre may be said to be Dickens, yet Dickens is not identical with Macabre. Man, like Macabre, may exclaim, the spirit of my creator is inherent within me, and yet I am not he. How different this from the shocking half-truth so vociferously announced by certain of the half-wise who fill the air with their raucous cries of, I am God. Imagine poor Macabre or the sneaky Uriah Heep crying, I am Dickens, or some of the lowly clods in one of Shakespeare's plays eloquently announcing that I am Shakespeare. The all is in the earthworm, yet the earthworm is far from being the all. (laughs) And still the wonder remains, and though the earthworm exists merely as a lowly thing, creating and having its being solely within the mind of the all, yet the all is immanent in the earthworm, and in the particles that go to make up the earthworm. Can there be any greater mystery than this of all in the all, and the all in all. The student will, of course, realize that the illustrations given above are necessarily imperfect and inadequate, for they represent the creation of mental images in finite minds. While the universe is a creation of infinite mind, and the difference between the two poles separates them, and yet it is a merely a matter of degree. The same principle is in operation. The principle of correspondence manifests in each, as above, so below, as below, so above. And in the degree that man realizes the existence of the indwelling spirit immanent within his being, so will he rise in the spiritual scale of life. This is what spiritual development means, the recognition, realization, and manifestation of the spirit within us. Try to remember that this last definition, that of true 
I'm sorry, that of spiritual development. It contains the truth of true religions. There are many planes of being, many subplanes of life, many degrees of existence in the universe, and all depend upon the advancement of beings in the scale of which scale the lowest point is the grossest matter. The highest matter being separated by the thinnest division from the spirit of all. And upward and onward along this scale of life, everything is moving. Our, our, I'm sorry, all are on the path whose end is the all. All progress all progress is a returning home. All is upward and onward in spite of all seemingly contradictory appearances. Such is the message of the illumined. The hermetic teachings concerning the process of the mental creation of the universe are that at the beginning of the creative cycle. The all in its aspect of being projects its will towards its aspect of becoming and the process of creation begins. It is taught that the process consists of the lowering of the vibration until a very low degree of vibratory energy is reached at which point the grossest possible form of matter is manifested. This process is called the stage of involution, stage of involution, in which the all becomes involved or wrapped up. In its, crea- oh, in its creation, this process is believed by the hermeti- hermeticists to have a correspondence to the mental process of an artist, writer, or inventor who becomes so wrapped up in his mental creation as to almost forget his own existence and who for the time being almost lives in his creation if instead of wrapped, we use the word wrapped, R-A-P-T. Perhaps we will give a better idea of what is meant. That's funny, wrapped, W-R-A-P-P-E-D. But what they mean is wrapped, R-A-P-T, wrapped. Is that even a word? It seems like they made it up. The involuntary stage of creation is sometimes called the outpouring of the divine energy. Just as the evolutionary state is being called the indirect, in draw, I can't even say this word. In drawing, oh, in drawing. Oh my God, I've seen it. Oh, I did it again. I went up there and I was seeing their their word looked like Indira. Indira wing. Um, and Indira is a, a an ancient goddess. 
but I think their word in the original book is a little bit different. Anyway, uh, so I'll read that sentence again. She's sorry about that. The involuntary stage of creation is sometimes called the outpouring of the divine energy, just as the evolutionary state is called the indrawing. Okay, so it makes sense. Outpouring, indrawing. The extreme pull of the creative process is considered to be the furthest removed from the all. While the beginning of the evolutionary stage is regarded as the beginning of the return swing of the pendulum of rhythm, a coming home idea being held in all of the hermetic teachings. The teachings are that during the outpouring, the vibrations become lower and lower until finally the urge ceases and the return swing begins. But there is no, I'm sorry, but there is the, this difference that while in the outpouring, the creative forces manifest compactly and as a whole, yet from the beginning of the evolutionary or indrawing stage, there is a, there is manifested the law of individualization. That is the tendency to separate into units of force so that finally that which left the all as unindividualized energy pattern or energy returns to its source so that finally that which left the all as unindividualized energy returns to its source as countless highly developed units of life having risen higher and higher in the scale by means of physical mental and spiritual evaluation I'm sorry wow I did it again that's so weird let me read what the book says damn This is so deep, man, that it's just, wow, okay. I'm looking, this is like a run, a massively run-on sentence. Okay, wow, alright. I'm looking for the beginning of the sentence, it's a whole paragraph. But there is this difference that while in the outpouring, the creative forces manifest compactly and as a whole, Yet from the beginning of the evolutionary or indrawing stage, there is manifested the law of individualization that is the tendency to separate into units of force so that finally that which left the all as unindividualized energy returns to its source as countless highly developed units of life having risen higher and higher in the scale by means of physical, mental, and spiritual evolution. There we go. The ancient hermetists use the word meditation in describing the process by and process of the mental creation of the universe in the mind of the all. 
The word contemplation is also being used frequently. I'm also being frequently employed. But the idea intention seems to be that of the employment of the divine attention. Attention is a word derived from the Latin root meaning to reach out, to stretch out. So the act of attention is really a mental reaching out or extension of mental energy so that the underlying idea is readily understood when we examine into the real meaning of attention. The hermetic teachings regarding the process of evolution are that, the all. Having meditated upon the beginning of the creation, having thus established the material foundations of the universe, having thought it into existence, then gradually awakens or... Wow then gradually awakens or rouses from its meditation and in so doing starts into manifestation the process of evolution on the material, mental, and spiritual planes successively and in order. Thus, the upward movement begins and all begins to move spiritward I'm glad he didn't say forward or onward or upward. Spiritward, that's like whatever the direction of your spirit wants you to go, right? Spiritward. Matter becomes less gross. The unit springs into being. The combinations begin to form. Life appears and manifests in higher and higher forms and mind becomes more and more in evidence, the vibrations constantly becoming higher. In short, the entire process of evolution in all of its phases begins and proceeds according to the established laws of the indrawing process. All of this occupies eons upon eons of man's time, each eon containing countless millions of years, but yet the illumined inform us that the entire creation, including involution and evolution of a universe, is but as the twinkle of an eye to the all. At the end of countless cycles of eons of time, the all withdraws its attention, its contemplation and meditation of the universe, for the great work is finished, and all is withdrawn into the all from which it emerged. But mystery of mysteries, the spirit of each soul, is not annihilated, but is infinitely expanded. The created and the creator are merged. Such is the report of the illumined.
The above illustration of the meditation and the subsequent awakening from meditation of the all is of course but an attempt of the teachers to describe the infinite process by a finite example. And yet, as above, so whoops, as below, so above. The difference is merely in degree. And just as the all arouses itself from the meditation upon the universe, so does man in time cease from manifesting upon the material plane and withdraws himself more and more into the indwelling spirit, which is indeed the divine ego. There is one more matter of which we desire to speak in this lesson, and that comes very near to an invasion of the metaphysical field of speculation, although our purpose is merely to show the futility of such speculation. We allude to the question which inevitably comes to the mind of all thinkers who have ventured to seek the truth. The question is, why does the all create universes? The question may be asked in different forms, but the above is the gist of the inquiry. Men have striven hard to answer this question, but still there is no answer worthy of the name. Some have imagined that the all had something to gain by it, but this is absurd for what could the all gain that it did not already possess? Others have sought the answer in the idea that the all wished something to love and others that it created for pleasure or amusement or because it was lonely or to manifest its power. All puerile explanations and ideas belonging to the childish period of thought. Others have sought to explain the mystery by assuming that the all found itself compelled to create by reason of its own internal nature, its creative instinct. This idea is in advance of the others, but its weak point lies in the idea of the all being compelled by anything, internal or external. If its internal nature or creative instinct compelled it to do anything, then the internal nature or creative instinct would be the absolute instead of the all. And so accordingly, that part of the proposition fails. And yet the all does create and manifest and seems to find some kind of satisfaction in so doing and it is difficult to escape the conclusion that in some infinite degree it must have what would correspond to an inner nature or creative instinct in man with 
correspondingly infinite desire and will, it could not act unless it willed to act, and it would not will to act unless it desired to act, and it would not desire to act unless it obtained some satisfaction thereby. And all of these things would belong to an inner nature and might be postulated as existing according to the law of correspondence. But still, we prefer to think of the all as acting entirely free from any influence, internal as well as external. Okay. That is the problem which lies at the root of difficulty and the difficulty that lies at the root of the problem. Strictly speaking, there cannot be said to be any reason whatsoever for the all to act, for a reason implies a cause, and the all is above cause and effect, except when it wills to become a cause at which time the principle is set into motion. As you see, the matter is unthinkable, just as the all is unknowable. Just as we say the all merely is, so we are compelled to say that the all acts because it acts. At the last, the all is all reason in itself all law in itself, all action in itself. And it may be said truthfully that the all is its own reason, its own law, its own act, or still further that the all, its reason, its act, its law are one. All being names for the same thing in the opinion of those who are giving you these present lessons the answer is locked up in the inner self of the all along with its secret of being the law of correspondence in our opinion reaches only to that aspect of the all which may be spoken of as the aspect of becoming back of that aspect is the aspect of being in which all laws are lost in law. And they capitalize L-A-W there in which all laws are lost in law. All principles merge into principle and the all principle and being are identical one and the same. Therefore, metaphysical speculation on this point is futile. We go into the matter here merely to show that we recognize the question and also the absurdity of the ordinary answers of metaphysics and theology. In conclusion, it may be of interest to our students to learn that while some of the ancient and modern hermetic teachers have rather inclined in the direction 
of applying the principle of correspondence to the question with the result of the inner nature conclusion. Still the legends have it that Hermes the Great, when asked this question by his advanced students, answered them by pressing his lips tightly together and saying not a word, indicating that there was no answer. And then he may have intended to apply the axiom of his philosophy that the lips of wisdom are closed except to the ears of understanding. Believing that even his advanced students did not possess the understanding which entitled them to the teaching. At any rate, if Hermes possessed the secret, he failed to impart it, and so far as the world is concerned, the lips of Hermes are closed regarding it. And where the great Hermes hesitated to speak, what mortal may dare to teach? But remember that whatever be the answer to this problem, if indeed there will be an answer, the truth remains that while all is the all, it is equally true that the all is in all. The teaching on this point is emphatic and we may add the concluding words of the quotation to him who truly understands his truth hath come great knowledge to him who truly understands this truth hath come great knowledge I'm going to see where we're at here so 37 minutes uh, hold on a minute Alright, something weird just happened. I, I paused it so I could see how long the next chapter is to see if we have time to cover it. And I'm like, this is a very long chapter. It's going on and on. But next thing I know, I'm in chapter 20. But I didn't skip that far ahead. So I just think I, I, I went somewhere again. I don't know what happened. Exactly. But now my nervous system is shaking like crazy. I think this is another ascension symptom, by the way, the nervous system being like, I don't want to say on the verge of collapse, but it feels like it. I I do notice when I drink a lot of water, it does help. So if you're having some nervous system issues, um, it does help to have a lot more water. And taking minerals and vitamins, of course, too. But, uh, yeah, I think this is it for now. I think we can't really delve deeper into this because, um, I mean, every time I say a sentence now, it's like I'm, I'm battling going up there. (laughs) I'm just trying to get through the show. I should probably read the book on my own and let you guys know what happened, but I think it would probably maybe create a portal where I could just go up there and talk to them, which would be pretty cool. I remember the first time I read this book and this this happened, I just, when I came back from seeing them, I cried. 
my husband's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I can't explain it. Because <laughs> it was so beautiful up there. And then I come back, and even though I had such a beautiful ideal world at the time, it was crazy. Like, I don't know, I just... How do you explain, you know, like, that energy of complete and total perfection? And then come back down here and you're struggling. No, we were struggling with um, money a little bit, but mostly we were struggling with physicality. Loved our kids dearly. It was hard to keep up with them. You know, we were older when we had kids. I mean, he was 12 years older than me, but he was um, 40 when we met. And my kids... So, like, by the time the kids came along, he was... In his, like, what? Well, it was, like, two years later. So he was, like, 42. So it was, like, hard, that struggle. And to go up to a different plane of existence and where you don't feel your physical body anymore. And it's like, oh, thank God. I feel so relieved. And then to be forced back into your body again. So I remember crying about it. Leaving, you know, to go see the Kaiba Lion Masters. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. That's what I call them. And then coming back down here was just so, so sad. Even though I loved being around my kids, and at that time they were so itty-bitty, and oh my gosh. I I loved my kids so much when they were itty-bitty. And I cried every day they got a little older because I wanted to keep them with those itty-bitty faces and their inquisitive minds and I just, it's like I didn't know what the future held, and it was like, oh, you know, and I loved and cherished every day of my life, but it still was nothing compared to the beauty in the higher planes of existence, in the energy of love, just pure love and no anxiety. And I mean, just that, just, you know, struggling with anxiety and depression or um, any of the things that any of us struggle with here, it's so hard compared to going up there. So I don't know. I don't know if this book is transporting you the way it's transporting me, but maybe you have to read it for yourself if it's not. But um, there's so much more between the lines of what the book itself is saying. And I'm seeing all of it, and it's just putting me into a different state of mind. Like seriously altered state of mind. So, I don't know. Um, I'd love to hear from you guys and see what you think and, and see what this is doing for you. I mean, having just read it, it's like very, it's very heady. You know, that word H-E-A-D-Y, just heady. Like, it's like, it's just so much. And it seems so, it's, it's deceptively simple in the words. But there's something so deep. I mean, just saying the all in all. That's a paradox. It's <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of a Japanese cone, you know, like what is a sound? One hand clapping. I think it's this. <laughs> just folding my hand over really fast. But <laughs> You know, or if, you know, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, 
doesn't make a sound. You know, those kinds of Japanese cones, the Japanese sayings that kind of help you get out of your your mind. You get out of your ego and you just, it kind of confuses you to the point where you could do nothing. I love those. It's They're super fun. But, um, yeah, I can't handle reading another chapter of this, of this book because we'll wait till next week. It's just something about it. Just, I like it paused, you know, um, a little over halfway through and I had to put some water on my face, like just to stay awake, even though I'm finding the book itself extremely fascinating. It's really deep and my mind wants to go delving into those thoughts. So, so deep. Anyway, if you guys are experiencing the same kind of thing where you're vacillating between worlds or if it's not really confusing you but exciting you so much that your mind wants to contemplate it so deeply that you start to fall asleep, I want to know about that. Am I the only one that affects like this? I don't know. So, anyway, I... uh, want to thank you guys for being a part of the show by listening you're already a part <laughs> if you're listening I couldn't have a show without my listeners so thank you I love each and every one of you I'm so grateful we're on this ascension journey together and that we could explore these ideas together I'm glad that I'm not alone and I'm here to let you know that you're never alone you're not alone either Not only do you have your spirit guides, your holy guardian angel, and your ancestors by your side, your family and friends, you have me too. So we are here to learn about ourselves and to grow and be honest and authentic in who we truly are. You know, love us or leave us, you know, it's the way I look at it. You know, love me or leave me, but... You know, I'm going to go ahead and be myself 100%. And that includes that authenticity and that it's, you know, to be that authentic, you have to have humility, you know, and if you're there, congratulations, (laughs) because that's like more than half the battle won, I think. But, um, yeah, just continue to love yourself, continue to love everybody know that I love you and I will be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming just like always and I don't know what I'm going to do I somehow last Tuesday I somehow forgot that I was going to do a series on the CIA papers I don't know what happened but I ended up doing something completely different and then I got to this week and I'm like Oh yeah, last week was the CIA papers. And then I wanna when I looked at my list, it was like that was two weeks ago. I know I'm for sure overworking myself these days, for sure. Because I like today I woke up and I was on the go for 14 hours before I started the show. And I mean I, I I got up and I I had to put in my grocery order, I hadn't even started the list, and I ordered online. And then when the person gets assigned, I have to um, 
find their number and contact them on WhatsApp and see if they have any questions. And then I have to like kind of sit with them as they send me pictures of what they have versus what I asked for. And then we have to have a discussion about every little thing. Today, thank God, she only had like two questions. It was easy. And so that was super helpful. And I was grateful to have a competent shopper for once. You know, like, you know, a couple shoppers ago, it was like I ordered chicken wings and he brought me chicken legs. And it's like totally different thing. <laughs> brought me the wrong brand, brought me the wrong thing. It's like, are you just doing your own shopping? Are you just like randomly throwing things in the cart? <laughs> are you high? <laughs> I was like, what the hell is going on with this person? Anyway... <laughs> Um, but I, I, I did that and I, I did several loads of laundry, folding, putting away, uh, washing. I made my bed. I must've gone up and down the stairs 12 times today. All three, all three flights, (laughs) all three levels. Oh my God. Um, got, received the groceries, sprayed everything down with alcohol. That always makes me weird. That always gives me physical pain. The rubbing alcohol, that stuff is crazy strong. And um, I sprayed every single thing, waited till it dried, put everything away. I mean, I just worked my butt off today. I did two weeks worth of university in like five hours. So I worked my university stuff for five hours. And now this for two hours with you guys. I mean, that's like my day, dude, like just so much today tomorrow hopefully will be a little bit more of a break had to make sure my son got off to the bank today to pay the rent a really busy day so anyway I'm that's why I'm a little bit late I'm I'm almost an hour late getting this out tonight but um at least I'm not doing it four in the morning like I've done before (laughs) losing track of time type of thing but anyway Thank you guys for listening, for being here, and I love you guys. You can DM me, direct message me on Instagram. My, I was going to say my handle on there. Where, what am I, from the 70s? Yeah, I'm a child of the 70s. CB Talk, my handle. Oh, my God. My name or profile name, I don't know what they call it on Instagram, but it is at mermaid girl 888 that's the one I'm using now anyway so if you want to get in touch with me just write me and um, we'll go from there but let me know if this is affecting you guys if the Kaiba lion is so powerfully strong do you feel it too is it a portal are you being transported somewhere else I want to know because it's uh, every time I start to read this I'm like up there with the guys, the, the ascended masters. It's crazy. Anyway, that's it. Oh, I love you guys. I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy Fifth Dimension. Till next time, guys. Peace.
happy August, guys. I wanted to extend to you my birthday special. I was born this month and I wanted to do something for you guys. Normally, my readings are $111 for a tarot reading or a psychic mediumship reading. That means I can basically help you talk to any of your deceased loved ones, your higher self, even God himself, or any of the ascended masters that you've always wanted to have a conversation with. What you need to do is just contact me at mermaidgirl888 on Instagram. Just direct message me and let me know you're interested in having the birthday special $88 reading. That is $33 less than my normal price. And as always, my cloud readings are also available at $33. So there you have it. Happy August. I look forward to hearing from you.